Vesna, thanks for taking time to talk to me today. I have a number of things I'd like to ask you, but first, you obviously have a long career in AML, now financial crime, whatever we're calling it. And I know for me, I fell into it because I've been in it a really long time. Um, for you, it, I would imagine it had to be a, a career choice of sorts. So what drew you to this? You've been in banks. You've obviously been an advisor. You've done a lot of great work. What drew you to this part? Give us a sense of how you got how your career path started. Well, I think we're not, you know, neither of us are doctors so, uh, or, or actors who dreamt about being on stage since the age of four or something like that. So, you know, to some degree, we all fell into it. Um, I started uh, at Goldman in this space and we didn't really call it anything like this. We, we didn't have a name for it. We were doing background of clients and we got into very serious looking into the background of clients. So we had lists of clients and we started doing transaction monitoring of clients. This is like pre-2000. Um, and this was Goldman trying to stay away from the kind of, uh, you know, press that in the past they didn't have. Now they're in the press for bad stuff all the time. But um, that, that's what they were doing. And then we started calling it reputational risk. And then 9-11 happened, coincided with uh, the uh, new regulator in the UK, single regulator FSA, which is now FCA, okay. and broken in 2000 pieces again. Mm -hmm. And so we, um, you know, grew from that. 9-11 um, meant that we needed to look into the background of clients a bit more than we did before. And we were the only per people at Goldman who did it when all those lists started coming after 9-11 by fax. You remember that. Right. <laughs> with all the caked together names and things to look at. And as they say, the rest is history. And then I started getting um, involved with this team um, internally with how do we do this and going out into the industry and started writing first um, industry guidance uh, for the markets business and for the futures and for various other things. Um, yeah, and, and moved banks, met lots of people. Right. Done lots of different things. Yeah. So, you know, obviously that that part is, uh, you know, it's been 20 years. So hard to believe that 9-11 was 20 years and, and we'll be doing programming on this that later, later in the year. But uh, after that, it seemed to me that our community expanded its reach, if you will, because right before 9-11, it was, you know, drug trafficking, maybe making sense of a, a private wealth client to make sure they... Yes you know, again, a reputation hit, but now it's human trafficking, it's elder abuse, it's areas in virtual currency. So um, what have been the major challenges from your perspective, the different roles that you've had, the expansion of what yeah. the financial sector needs to, needs to worry about and how they address those challenges? I think the challenges for us have been that the exp endless expansion of the topic and the depth to which we have to go. You could say that we also had an increasing number of regulations and requirements that they have multiplied not only in a certain location but in countries where they weren't being taken as seriously um you know you'd think that makes it easier well no because if right. you're up here here 
and down here somewhere else and you need to bring them up and you're the only one in the industry that's doing that in that location it's quite tricky um and um you know it's i'm just gonna make that quiet and um it, it is um there's many many challenges then another challenge is the massive operational impact of all these changes right uh, and of course financial crime hasn't been the only thing that ha that has been changing regulation has been increasing in absolutely every part of banking along with the importance of data and as the importance of data grew the volume of data grew and then the storage of data and so that 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 is complex and then you know transformation projects are becoming everybody is vying for that dollar to make their transformation the most important. So how do you do that? Well, you know, in all honesty, I think that's happening mostly when the regulators come in and beat you up, which is not the happiest way to get to solutions. <laughs> well, let me let me ask you about that. Extra hard. Yeah. Um, so my experience mainly has been U.S. regulators, although I have some experience beyond that. Um, we do hear this from some. I'm not saying you're being a critic from some that say, well, this is regulation uh, expectations that are changing. And I've said that as much for examiners in the US, because I think sometimes um, they're looking at a rule and they're being very subjective about how to, how to approach that. Yeah. Um, so have you seen a lot of evidence of that outside? Because in the US, like I said, I've definitely seen it. So when you mentioned before a jurisdiction that was really easy, my words, and now they've added regulation, that that ends up being what catches some of the institutions versus deficiency. So it's not so much a bank or a yes. financial institution's deficiency, it's sort of the subjectivity of the oversight. Well, it, it is, it's like that everywhere. Mm -hmm. And what happens is that, uh, and I think Wolfsburg has been talking about it recently quite a lot, about the, the fact that we are sometimes managing risk of the regulator as opposed to preventing financial crime. Right. And there is a fire inside of a lot of people who are in this space to actually prevent crime and to do something about, you know, I remember when, when um, in one of the banks, we found out that there's a lot of work happens where police will get records from us through courts, of course, um, and, and they would be able to trace where somebody is and free up a 13 year old girl who's been abducted and, and really very personal cases like that, where, where you realize just how much impact on everyday life this work actually has. Basic things like having records, being able to provide them, having people who can deal with that, understand what the questions are and so on. Um, so I think that it, it, is, it is important that we keep trying to push back into crime prevention but it is, I also empathize with regulators. Right. I think it's been hard for somebody who maybe isn't necessarily inside the bank to perceive just what issues each one of these entities that they monitor has because they, they're overseeing so many hundreds, sometimes thousands of entities. Right. And to understand in depth each one, it's very difficult. So they have to have these hammers uh, to some degree. And they have to assume that what's in the regulation is good enough for them to come and investigate. And sometimes they misunderstand. And sometimes, to be honest, we also don't know how to, how to explain because we're coming from how we see things inside as opposed to how we present. Um, but 
still, you know, we, we have rules that are unreasonable, like even um, requirements for sign of senior management on every PEP in some cases in the mm. least recent directives, for example, it's adding up to work. You know, not everybody has the bold MLRO and head of FinCrime is going to say, well, no, in my policy, it's going to be like that. And, and I'm going to talk to the regulator and say why we're doing it like this, and why it's not necessary, and we have other controls that are good. Right. Um, so removing admin out of this space is probably, I really, really think it's great that Vol Volsberg is taking that on. Let me shift a little bit. You've been very active uh, in, in your career with the Wolfsburg Group, which many of us are familiar with. Obviously, the importance of information sharing among large institutions, but also coming up with recommendations, um, advice and counsel. Tell us a little bit about the organization and, and, and your involvement. Obviously, we're aware of the reports that they issue. They've been uh, useful training tools for, for many institutions and having experts like yourself at the table so you folks can can come up with, uh, if not solutions, certainly direction on very thorny issues like private banking or correspondent banking, that sort of thing. Tell us a bit about your involvement with Wolfsburg in the past. I, I think that's an incredibly um, useful, beneficial organization. Um, I know that they're going um, even more professional. In other words, up until recently, it's always been, you know, the second job of lots of different people. Nice. And I think they're going to get a secretary who's just going to do that, which will be great. Um, what, what I found incredibly useful there is something that's maybe less visible externally. Beyond the advice, you know, those regular meetings and contact that's created between different parts of the ecosystem of financial crime is truly invaluable. So um, government agencies from those who are writing regulations, those who are, you know, examining, policing, um, talking about it in the public domain, like politicians themselves, it's it's really valuable because everybody's viewpoint is so incredibly different. Right. You know, policemen may assume that because you're a big bank and you have something in the annual report that says you earn trillions, that that means that me, the MRO, a head of financial crime, have trillions at her, you know, fingertips to press a button and to create whatever they need right. technologically to gain any kind of data. But just like you know, us police also struggle with data, with volume, with time, with the number of people they can employ, what they, what they can afford, training, understanding of subject matters, and so on and so on and so on. I mean, you know, in the early days, it was good enough to understand the regulation and write policy, policies, then operationally it became so heavy and demanding. And then, you know, now we are even hiring people who are from super you know expert uh, intelligence agencies and deep understanding of certain topics to be able to detect so you're thinking what is the bank doing nowadays is it policing or is it you know complying with regulation or is it helping somebody or is it actually actively being the crime prevention which maybe wasn't quite the original intention and i think that 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 line blurring has been a somewhat a concern. But then on the other hand, the truth is that everybody does want to do the best they can. So it's an interesting space. Right. I think Wolfsburg, it's not unique in that our community does like to get together and do roundtables. And I know 
many meetings. I've been in compliance a long time. The compliance officers would get together. Obviously now AML officers do that. There's, you know, ACAMS chapters. So people do like to benchmark and work with one another, but having the biggest banks basically in the world deal with what you, what you just alluded to, the operational challenges of regulation, which isn't always that well appreciated by our partners and certainly in law enforcement, but also the regulatory partners don't always get it. So having that uh, voice, I think is important. And I think to your guys' credit, the Wolfsburg's credit, um, when they issue something, people stand up and pay attention, you know. They, and they should because it's, yeah. it, it, it's, it's difficult to, to get it together because of course right. there are lots of different people and you know, there are some people who have spent their lives herding cats doing that and I take off my hat to them, some good old colleagues and they'll know who they are. Um, but I, I think the value to the global community of giving some sense of what's possible, what's unlikely, where to look is really valuable. And you know, today, for example, we have, it's normal to have standardized um, uh, uh, lists for sanctions with names in a standard order and you know, uh, uh, certain, lots of different formats. When we started, there was no such thing. Everybody was doing their own thing. We had people who were sitting there, keying it in and figuring out if it's the same thing or not. You know, it took years years to get to that. It seems like a really simple thing, switch to another format, but it wasn't. It's about meeting, you know, the minds and having an understanding and trusting each other, you know, trusting that this ecosystem, we are not fighting each other. It's right. not like the police is fighting the banks. We're both trying to, you know, prevent harm to the society. And that, that may be still going on, you know, the, the, the meeting of minds. Yeah, that's a great point. So a couple more issues I want to touch on. One is uh, reg technology. So obviously you alluded to it before, and that's operational challenges. Uh, things are not manual. Um, there's, there's such a reliance on sophisticated variations of technology, whether it's machine learning, AI, you know, however you want to define your terms. How, how do you uh, look at technology other than obviously, it makes you more efficient, hopefully gets rid of in, in the suspicious activity area, false positive, all those stuff, that's, yeah. that's pretty basic. But what, what do you think is the, the major uh, uh, benefit of technology beyond becoming more efficient and more focused? What else can it do for our, for our community? Well, I think you know, the biggest benefit is that it can detect crime if the data that's provided into it is good enough um, and and voluminous enough with my uh, it's not volume but you know triangulation right. right with any problem the more angles you take the better you can see where the issue is and how to solve it and so it is with crime the more items of, of uh, points of information you have the clearer it is who is a bad guy who is not a bad guy because majority of people are not and so excluding those who are not guilty of anything from all this difficult stuff is a really vast benefit to, you know, normal client base. Um, and then to the society, the other side of the benefit is that you can focus on those who we need to focus on and powerful products um, can do that. The issue for, I keep saying us in banks, as a former buyer, but right. 
you know, the issue for those who are in my old shoes is that there are so many different technologies out there. Right. And it's not always clear who is providing a really good product, uh, how to combine different products. And then, of course, it's impossible to buy because you have 10,000 problems and each of them needs, you know, 10 ways, 10 bits to solve it. So if you're buying a product for each of the 10 bits, like, I don't know, KYC, you need a workflow and then you need uh, a, a client risk assessment and then you need something that's connected to um, data aggregation, screening, uh, matching, you know, all that stuff. So it's, it's a thousand little things that you need for each thing. So buying all those products, it's really hard, A, to find the funding Right. And then the other side, the, the reg tech community, they see the big numbers um, in the marketing space and so on. But then actually when they spend their years of development um, on a product that they do as a, this is what the bank wants. And then they come to a real life bank and that, life, that bank calls every field something else that they planned and then they need to customize it. And the next bank needs completely different way of doing it and that one needs another way of doing it they really struggle so that is where i think the future is of how we the big guys as in banks probably not me anymore but how, how are they going to be able to absorb this good stuff that's coming out of the reg tech community and how reg is going to cope with the need for customization against something where you know that they're just too small to do that but ideas are good so how do we make it work that would be right. an interesting space right. yeah no i think that's right so um you joined us as managing director head of emea advisory practice and uh you know i know we're very not only excited to have you uh and have all your expertise but we also can partnering at right source across the pond as it were is i think can really help the broader community what what drew you to our organization and tell us what you'd like to accomplish uh, in terms of both the, the work, obviously, that you'll be involved in, but also the partnering I'm sure that you'll do with other folks uh, around, around the company. So um, I really wasn't looking to um, join a consultancy. What I liked about ML RightSource, MRS, is that conceptually it's trying to achieve exactly what you and I have been just talking about in the right. last half an hour. It's kind of how do you bring good technology, but also have people who know what they're doing, they're trained. Um, you know, a lot of the time when we used to hire people from outside in big groups to help us with remediations and so on, they wouldn't necessarily always be trained. And we in banks would assume that it's not our problem, but of course it was our problem and, right. you know, kind of siloed world of banking and so on and in other institutions i don't think it's that different so i think sometimes the success of these projects wasn't great and what i liked about mrs is that it, it, it's attempting and largely succeeding when i look at our mps scores and they're unbelievable 75 or right. 69 in some cases and you know global average is 44 for consulting is 30 so so we're doing something okay right that that's what i like is bringing the, the talent the industry experience 
the the training the thoughtfulness but also technology through all of that and then analytics because analytics is kind of the sister to technology but is, isn't a product so so bringing all that together and just focusing on one thing doing it right and now you know the the, the um uh, financial crime that's what i really like and whoever i've spoken to in in the in the company so far it's been really easy to get things done which is why it's so successful well we really appreciate you uh looking at, at us as a place to use all the experience that you've had throughout your career so that's really exciting and also as you mentioned the uh the connection to technology plus understanding of policies and regs and you know i think as we both understand the vision that frank ewing has had since day one is not just that the client comes first but how can we best work with those clients and give them as much advice and assistance as possible and i think that that results in those scores right so i think um everybody in the company is embraced that and they they all make us look good so the folks on these projects throughout the yeah. company are certainly making us uh, not only look good but showing the professionalism that they bring to this that you know, you've brought to the company so thanks so much for taking time uh, look you. forward to working with you and uh, many many future projects thanks so much john